talk about how good you look what happened to you were you on a makeover show yesterday between Fuck. when we left you look at this do you already get me so riled up i almost do and i don't even mean to this is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship wait what this is your disclaimer the Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh, oh my God. Put I your mean, phone down. I don't usually snap during the show. Put your but phone down. You look so good. Put your phone down. There's no snapping during the show. You look so. But I don't look. Hold on, stop. Why like, do you think you don't This look- is my problem, and this is what you do, right? And when it upsets me so much about this, is that I have my own personal style, I have my own personal look, I like what I do, right? When somebody, when I go try to get my hair cut and they fuck up my hair so badly that I come in here, the next thing you go, oh my God, Sammy, you look great. I'm wearing my pants that I work in the kitchen with. That's what you're like. You're wearing black pants. Yeah. Because I work in kitchens in these pants, right? But you look really nice. And here's the thing. It's not nice. I don't look nice. I'm wearing some raggedy shirt that I bought for maybe $3, like some shitty, you know, black pants that have flour all over them. And then they buzzed my head because the guy screwed up. Well, first of all, the hair looks really good. The hair looks good. And you have usually this really overgrown beard that goes down to the neck. I mean, it's a full man's beard, okay? Well, yeah, because when I get my hair cut, I literally normally put my hands about three quarters up the way of my head, right? Right where my hair starts to grow out, like really long. And I go here, down. And I just make them pretty much, like, buzz me all the way down. That's why I just do it all in one false swoop. Well, you look great. I think you look really good. And here's the thing. I don't know why you get upset because it's just a different look. It doesn't mean you have to have this look forever. Hair grows back. Clothes change. But how come you never comment about how good I look when I'm wearing my leopard pants because and my jean, you know, my cut-off jean jacket? Here's the thing. is I don't know if you realize this, but usually every single day that you come in for this podcast, you wear a Pippin, Scotty Pippin, a Pippin Ain't Easy shirt. No, no, no. <laughs> I wear that once a week, usually on Wednesdays. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Correction. Once a week, every week. Pippin ain't Because I've gotten lazy with my... It's summertime. I don't want to... I'm not going to... I don't have as many clothes to wear in variety, and it's so hot out, and I'm taking the bus, and I go, screw it. Like, no one's looking at me, so I just rock these tank tops. I have four tank tops that I wear during the week, and then on the weekends, I'll wear, like, a t-shirt. And the tank, by the way, he's worn the tank so much, like, the the front droop comes way down, so it's so much chester. Like, it's... That's what all my tank tops are, Sarah, okay? If you look this good, you would show it off, too. I think this is a great compliment to you because, you know, here's the thing with you. What you can always rely on is you do sort of have one look, right? But anytime you want to change it up, you get more compliments than anybody. I mean, like, you could just completely do rock one thing, and then when you change it up, my God, traffic stops. Yeah, but then I think people are shallow. <laughs> Welcome to the world. Who doesn't like beautiful things? I guess I don't. I'll take a picture of you today, and listeners can decide. Fine, maybe your style of Pippin ain't easy is what people want. Look, at, you just just because it took you three years to understand the joke on my tank top does not mean you can make fun of it today. Okay, <laughs> be not- honest, Sarah. I've been wearing that tank. I've had that tank top for. Four years now? I never noticed right? until we started. I wear it all the time, and you finally, maybe like a month ago, you go, 
they can't even spell Pimpin right. And who the hell is that on your shirt? And I was like, that's Scotty Pippen, the Chicago Bull player. And you were like, what? And I was like, that's why it's a joke. It says Pippin ain't easy. Well, and then now you him? notice that. I mean, my God, he played in what, the 80s? First of the 90s? Okay, please. All right, fine. Sarah will post a picture of me as long as you respond. Who remembers Scotty Pippen? <laughs> would you say the player from the 80s? Uh, yeah, I would say he probably played in the 90s as well. I don't know. I was eight. Didn't like, he have, I, I don't know, like six championships? Who knows? So did Wilt Chamberlain. Please. Don't even try and outsports me. I know uh, my stuff. Dude, really? Will Chamberlain six championships? You're going to get... I don't even know if that's right, Sarah. Uh, look, welcome to the Hey Frage podcast. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Sarah Frazier. This is my dear friend and longtime co-host, Sam McKay. Welcome to the podcast, which is now carried exclusively by Podcast One. Lots of people still messaging us. Guys, are you putting out new podcast episodes? Yes, we are. You need to spread the word because... We, you can only find us, podcastone.com now, and iTunes. If you're an iPhone user, you continue to find us on iTunes. You already got the podcast app. If you're an Android user, you got to download the free Podcast One app. It's super easy. Type in Hey Frage. All the new episodes will get you up to date. So Boom. there you go. Two championships, by the way. Will Chamberlain had two, and Scotty had six. Yeah, it, it was a different time, my friend. A different time. Yeah, he different scored. Rules. He scored a hundred points in a game. If anything, awesome. that is a way easier time to win six championships. <laughs> he probably didn't even have like the season was probably every other year or something. That's probably why. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, lots to get to on this show. Oh my god! I mean, I don't even know where. Honestly, we have so much show. Um, I do believe that we have a new name for our in-depth mini series that we're doing. Okay, great. Because I want to see what you think of this name. Okay. So I've had a a name submission all week long. We've been trying this new thing where we are taking interviews, we're breaking them down into three parts, and we want to give you three different sides of the story. And this week is single dads. Mm-hmm. You heard my brother. You know something that's been going on in my life and family for the past year and a half, which we couldn't really talk about because there was an ongoing court case was my brother was going for primary custody of my nine-year-old niece and won that case so his attorney was on yesterday seth was on tuesday and then today we're actually going to have a guy jason hatzenbuehler who will be on the show and he's talking about what it was like his dad raised jason and his three sisters from the ages of eight nine ten eleven right in that range um until they graduated from high school so what was it like to have your dad as your primary caregiver we're going to take a look at that interview, so that will be on the show today. And then, have you seen this article? I, I don't even know if I really sent it to you. You don't need to know much because it, it's getting all kinds of hate, and it's very, very simple. Should a woman wear her engagement ring to a job interview? Um, I'm confused. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> okay. Well, this recruiter came out with an article that basically is telling women, don't wear your engagement rings to a job interview if you want the job. And he says that he has this great record that proves that all these women that have taken his advice get the job when they don't wear their engagement ring. And I'll tell you his explanation. And people are furious, and then they're mad at me for even sharing this story. Well, is okay, it's just women, though, right? Well, he does it... Okay, yes. The original article that came out a couple days ago on LinkedIn, he was just speaking to women. And, and he has this breakdown of why you shouldn't wear your engagement ring. But then he also recommends something for men after the fact, after a lot of people called him out as sexist. So uh, we'll get in depth with that, and then you can tell me. And you know what? We'll tie into that, because, God, I feel like we have to say something on this. This whole Leslie Jones thing that went down yesterday. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. So we'll talk about that, too, which is just... I can't even... I don't even know that poor woman. It's just so sad what happened. So, anyway, all that's coming up. Um, 
what's going on with you? Is everything good? Yeah, everything's fantastic. I had a good night last night, just kind of chilled, ate some noodles with my dog. Oh, yeah. It's those five pounds of noodles that you have? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. if I, Did I mention this on the show yesterday? I don't think I did. You didn't. But I randomly found the place that they actually make all the Chinese noodles, like all the lo mein noodles, all the ramen noodles, all the, you know, all the noodles that they use, all the fresh noodles that they use at Chinese restaurants and carry out places. I found where they make them. And they pretty much have, it's like a noodle bank. Here in the D.C. area. Yeah, here in the D.C. area. And you can just go buy, like, you know. But do they generally, do they only sell wholesale? Because you are kind of in the restaurant world with snacklings. What do you mean wholesale? Like, I just, like, didn't check to see if I had a restaurant ID or anything like that, which I don't even know if you can have one. Okay, so you, anybody can I literally just walked in. I don't know. I saw a sign that says noodles. It said noodles, right? And I Mm. walked in the door. There was a bunch of uh, to-go containers. They were like, excuse me, sir. And I was like, I'm looking for the noodles. They go, oh, in the back. Walked over there, walked out with like a little bag of ramen noodles and a huge bag of lo mein. That's amazing. Yeah, it was like five bucks maybe for like like six pounds of noodles. And this is over near Union Market, right? Like anybody can walk in? Yeah, so it's actually, it's not like... Here's the thing. Union Market, that's the fancy market, right? That's not the real one. You know what I mean? That's where, like, you go if you want to go have a nice little date. And well, sure. Just, it's you know, nice for upwardly mobile. Okay. Next door, if you walk down a few blocks, right, there's all those little shops and everything. That's where the restaurant people go and buy stuff for the, you know, for the restaurants or for their catering services or whatever. That's where they buy stuff in bulk. Well, there's a little sign that says noodles. It literally just says noodles, and it has a bunch of different noodles listed under it. You have to walk into that door, and it's on Morse Street. That's all I remember. Oh, I want to. It sounds Between, amazing. It's like around like fourth or fifth or something, but just look for it. Mm. Morse in Northeast. God, I love noodles. I really do. But Although, what are you gonna do? Like, would you, I, even, you wouldn't no. know how to make them. You would just. What would you do? Well, I don't even like. I like noodles, but I don't like ramen. I'm a, I'm over the ramen. I don't know why. For some reason, you every shut time your I'm, mouth before you. Yeah, <laughs> ramen's delicious. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, people know me. I mean, I'm a fussy eater. You know what I mean? And I just, you know what? Here's the thing. For some reason, every time I eat ramen, I don't know. It just always has a very weird, like chickeny brothy, like. I don't know. It doesn't have a delicious taste. What? You mean it is it is chicken broth, Sarah. That's what it's supposed to taste like. Chicken and broth. That's chickeny brothy taste. It's chicken broth. Well, here's the thing, too, and I feel like this is so being raised on chemicals, but there's two different types of chicken broth. There's, like, just a chicken stock you buy that I'm sure is just made of artificial flavoring, and to me, that tastes normal. But then a lot of times people will soak the bones and the chicken carcass and, and all that stuff and use that. you have real chicken stock, and you don't like that because no. it tastes actually it like tastes chicken? It tastes chickeny. It just, ugh, ugh. And you're the one that preaches about no, what do you like about you don't want any like no additives in your food, you're trying to eat healthy, and yet you're sitting here saying that you won't eat a real chicken stock, but it's got to come out of a can? It just tastes, Just because it says labeled organic and it's in a can, you're going to believe it? I've tried to have the real chicken stock, but it's so gamey, I can't, like I told you, I can't eat rabbit, I don't care what people, I've had rabbit meatballs and rabbit sausage, people try and dress it up, it's so gross, it tastes gamey, venison, bison, ugh, I mean, honestly, you might as well eat dirt in a chewy consistency, and it, you I have no idea what you you're should. talking about. You have it's no true. clue what you're talking. No, you it's don't. It's true. These people don't try say and it's dress true. it up. See, quail. 
Oh, oh. You do realize oh. that here, as someone that where you're trying to stand in your eating stance, Sarah, you do realize I'm going to be a vegetarian. You're going to be a vegetarian vegan. because there's like it's impossible. Like you know the amount of space that a cow takes. Have you had just quail? It's yes, three actually, bites, had, and then there's all these bones, and you can see the little shape of this thing. I'm like, no, I'm I had sorry. pigeon yesterday. Okay, not a. Oh, it was delicious. What are you talking about? It was phenomenal. I state this all the time to my friends and family. If there's ever apocalypse. Take me first. I want to die. I do not want to be catching squirrels and making squirrel soup. No. Well, the zombies can eat me, or I'll sacrifice myself at the nuclear site or whatever yeah, they blow up. We'll because make you go to the nuclear site because no one wants to eat you. You're all like oats and shit. That's not delicious. I don't care. I'm so I don't want to eat pigeon. I don't want to hunt for alligator and then eat that. Me, I'm like gross. Kobe beef. I barely move. I just have these delicious layers of fat and sake. My favorite new thing, you know, I really enjoy like an avocado stuffed with things. Ooh, I enjoy the avocado. I have an avocado and I put a sprinkle of cheese on there. I am a chef myself. What can I say? I know. I like simple. I know. It's, it's Do you ever boring. take an avocado and like just crack an egg and then put it in the oven and bake it? I haven't I, done that yet. Yeah, no. Oh, my God, girl. I should try. I just, I don't know. I always see it on people's like websites. Their like, Instagrams? They're like, I see the stupidest pictures, yeah. Well, have you done the avocado toast yet? I'm trying to master that for my Instagram. Avocado toast? You Have I had it before? Yes, yeah, sir. I've had I it haven't. like years ago. Oh, I've never had it. I see everybody's Instagram feed with this avocado toast. First of all, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not eating that for breakfast. I'll eat that for lunch, but I need something that's like a little bit sweet and also like, you know, protein packed in the morning, not this avocado well, thing. Most people like do a mash with the avocado and they spread that. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. No, in my mornings, I like a seduction bread with a, uh, a peanut butter, all natural. It's called oil. seduction bread? Yeah, seedduction. Okay, so you're eating like a bird already. <laughs> and I and like fresh wa- fruit as a side. A lot of mango. I'm into mangoes right now. A lot of mango, strawberries, one slice of toast, a layer of uh, peanut butter, all natural. I don't like the jiffy or anything because they put hydrogenated oils in it. Sprinkle it with cinnamon. That's an anti-cancer thing. And then eat that. That's what I have for breakfast. You're fucking hysterical. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You're just hysterical. <laughs> Welcome to the mindfully eating get on board folks get on board and this is why you can't eat real food when you go out sarah absolutely not i can't at all honest to god we're going out tonight we have a meeting tonight i'm already panicking about what i'm going to eat i'm getting to the point where i want to pack my own food and then just bring it out you know what you should do you should get a doctor i mean because it's got to be one that'll lie and just say that you're diabetic or something like oh, that oh what does that mean can you then bring so your then own maybe food? you can bring in your own food like oh well i can't have because the sugar's in your diabetes stuff. so i have you know my sugar free i'm just going to eat this little piece of bread right here Oh, God. Um, a couple of stories that are click-worthy that I want to talk to you about. First of all, you sent me this article that the that millennials ruined the Olympics. Yeah. Did you watch any of the Olympics in their entirety? No, because I was part of the millennials that ruined the Olympics. Um, NBC came out. First of all, an NBC executive predicted before the Olympics that the, their nightmare scenario would be that ratings were down 20%. Well, the correction was they were actually down 17%. Woohoo! And um, Bloomberg is reporting after the Olympics that NBC had some of the lowest um, viewership of all time with millennials completely tuning out and, if anything, watching the NBC app or they would just watch highlights on Facebook and social media the next day. Yeah. And, okay, Hello? Look, yeah. Here's the issue. And I, was tell- and I was talking to my friends about this. We didn't ruin the Olympics, right? You guys ruined the fucking Olympics by producing it in a way to appease to 85-year-old old Americans, you know, who aren't who aren't even what we're like thinking of. Every highlight was a highlight of an American doing something and then on to them winning. Then another American doing something and then on to something else. 
That's not what's interesting about the Olympics, guys. That's not why we watch it. If we wanted to watch Americans win shit, we could literally just turn on TV any other day, four years out of the year. All right? Like, this is the Olympics. We want to watch things. We actually want to watch other teams compete. We want to see other countries. We want to see stuff like that. It wasn't interesting. So for us, that's why I was going on the app and finding stuff. Because for me to see anything that wasn't just, like... Katie Ledecky getting in the pool, winning a gold medal, and then boom, they edit out everything else, and they cut to, you know, someone else went from America going in, winning a gold medal, and they cut it to someone else from America winning a silver medal. Like, that's not it. So my friends and I, yeah, we went to your app, and we'd watch handball. We'd go watch things like handball. race walking. We'd go watch things like, you know, like the modern-day pentathlon. Like, ridiculous shit like that, because you guys weren't fucking showing them. You know? Well, I think it like, was also two commercials. I mean, the amount of commercials are just insane. But that doesn't bother because they were still showing commercials on like the like the commercials don't bother me. It's just that show the real sports. You know what I mean? Don't just sit there and show American highlights because they were, like they said, what did they say before the Olympics even started? We're trying to appeal to older women, so that's why we're focusing more on the stories, not the sports. Like, this is their own fault. They're appealing to my mother, they're not appealing to me. Yeah. And then they're going to blame us for not wanting to watch. Well, yeah. Well, no shit. I mean, I didn't watch, uh, I think I watched maybe one Michael Phelps um, swimming, you know, whatever competition. And it was just because by sheer coincidence, I happened to turn on the TV at that time. But everything else, nothing. I didn't watch the Mm -hmm. gymnastics. And I'll tell you, I mean, I will watch some commercials, but the commercial breaks were so long, so long. That it was like, sorry, I tried it one night and then, because I, I like to support commercials. You know, we're in a business where we need you to listen to commercials in order to fund us. So I get it. But there's a, at some point you just abuse the audience. And then I'm like, you know what? Well, especially it. since it's edited. They could have edited, you know, smaller portions of commercials. Like, it's not like they were going live. It's one thing if it's live that I understand, oh, shit, we got to get all these commercials out. And they're doing a six minute, you know, break right now. Sorry, guys, we're going to play six minutes of commercials right now. You know, that's live. That makes sense. But when it's edited like that, there was no reason for it. I, they just treat it like it's ridiculous. I agree. I totally agree. I feel so like that's the reason. So play the good stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, scientists asked 5,500 Americans to reveal their biggest relationship deal breakers. Um, got any idea what the top five are for this? Uh, a top five? Yeah. <laughs> you like how I put my finger up? I was actually trying to count number one. Then I realized the finger could also be one of them as well. By the way, they surveyed a large range, 21 to 76-year-olds. So this isn't like just millennials. All right, relationship deal breakers. Okay, cheating. Cheating did not make the top five. All right, how about some sort of disease? Uh, nope, disease is not on the top five. Um, geez, what the hell? I know. Losing this, your job? No, this totally... Well, that might actually be number two, yeah. Okay, is that like financial... Two. Issues or something like that. Was that what that one was? Uh, lazy. Uh, lazy was number two on the list. I don't know list. if that's close to losing your job, but all right. <laughs> I don't know, Sarah, but thanks for that one anyways. Well, I mean, if you're lazy and you lose your job, you're probably in no hurry to get another one. Um, I don't even... Is there, like, death? Is de- did death at least make the list? No. Wow, because so that's five, a deal breaker to me. Five to one. Um, men said, number five on the list, bad sex. 44% of men said that was a deal breaker. Bad 50% of women it said that was a deal working breaker. sooner or later anyways, guys. That's what my dad told me. Yeah, but when you initially start, you have to have great sex. I don't. I, I go I go mediocre at best, and then maybe I'll give them something good like a year in, six months in, <laughs> maybe. And then I'll go back to mediocre, and then I'll go, and I literally will become like, that older mom that you hear of, like, when the husband's like, I haven't had sex in three months. I'm that wife. 
And so, and you're not putting out. I'm not putting out. No. But how do you think you're going to actually land a long term relationship if this is your sex? You know, model? I don't know what to tell you, man. It just it happens. I think it's because I get bored of people. But you have to. Like, I feel like you've got to put some effort in. Well, Sarah, I try to put effort in, but again, I get bored of people. Okay, number four on the list. If they lived more than three hours away from them, fifty-one uh, percent of men said okay, that was a long big distance. deal breaker. That's a good one. All right, forty-seven percent of women lacks a sense of humor was number four on the list. Oh my god, yes, I agree. You've got to be like so funny, and you've got to laugh at my jokes. But your jokes are shitty. What? Piss off. People think I'm funny. People think I'm hilarious. And I need a guy who really gets me, who really laughs at my jokes, who who really is like, you know what I, I realized? Here's what I've realized more than anything. That you want a phrasiac? Really- <laughs> is that what you've realized? Yes. Because that's what it sounds like you're yes. looking for. You know what I'm looking for is somebody, a partner that like is in the trenches with me, that truly has my back. Like, everything. And I just feel like that's the biggest quality that's so hard to find. So you're looking for a ride-or-die chick? <laughs> yes. Because you will understand this. When you get into a relationship that goes on a couple years, you'll begin to realize, Does are we really, like, a such a team that no matter what, and I'm talking, like, job sacrifices, everything, like, we're really in it. You know Dan listens to this podcast, right? I'm just throwing <laughs> yeah. that out there again. Well, sometimes okay. I say this to him all the time. I'm like, I feel as though... One of the things that I, I mean, I'm not sure about the future is I just don't know. Sometimes you don't like think that it. you can be a team with him. I don't know that he's ride or die with me because I think a lot of times he I think. Well, are you ride or die with him, Sarah? Yes, absolutely. So all of a sudden he gets the opportunity to coach some really high level, you know, soccer team and yeah. he has to move. You pack up and you go with them, ride or die. If it were New York or L.A., or Atlanta, which would be a big promotion, I would be in. Because we can do this podcast from any major city. You would go. Yes. That's bull. <laughs> I'm going to call that right now. Okay, whatever. You know what? Women listening will understand what I'm saying. Because I think for it's really hard to, as you go on, you realize how, at least for me, and like I said, you know. But that's what everyone wants is someone to kind of, you know. Yeah, well, not everyone gets it. And now I understand why 50% of people get divorced. And I also understand, like, I think just in general for women, it's, men are so odd to me. Like, I'm just, I try to understand, but I feel like. Are men and women supposed to be together other than to procreate? Because I just feel like we don't have a lot in common. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're making breakthroughs here. Keep going. Well, I just, I mean, that's all I'm saying. I'm not gay. Is that what you're, I know. I realize that I don't, I'm not gay. I, I've thought about that for a long time, but I just think, I don't know. I can't, I can't. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I should try to be gay because maybe that is the way. I just can't figure it out. If it's me, if it's somebody else. But relationships are so hard. Okay. And I do seem to lose interest in men when I live with them. Is that what, a sign? That's what I, You just criticized me for saying the same thing, saying that when I'm with people, I lose interest over time. And then I stop and you're like, but Sammy, that's horrible. You got to do this when you said you do the same thing now. <laughs> well, the difference is I start out strong. My heart's in the right place. You well, already are rationing sex from day one. That's crazy. Well, no, because Sarah, it's like you and your five-year rule, right? I used to have all kinds of rules. I, I don't used have to have all rules. these rules. Right now, I have these rules as well that you don't want to give them your best off the bat because you want to have something that they, you know, 
Yeah, can work towards. Can work towards, right? Is that real? That's a horrible way to put it, Sarah. I don't want to say it that way. Well, um, lack sense of humor, as I mentioned, was number four. Number three is too needy. Number two is too lazy. 60% of men did not want a lazy woman. 72% of women were not into a lazy guy. And number one is disheveled or unclean appearance. So you talk about a world being shallow. That was number one. Great. So that's why I'm single? 3%. Because I look disheveled because I'm too busy doing other stuff than focused on you gotta find if my that, hair is perfectly styled today. You need to find that 29% of women that don't care because 71% of women said their number one deal breaker in a long-term committed relationship was disheveled or unclean appearance. Wow. What's the homeless population in the United States right now? Is that 29%? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe you should look into that. Uh, Leslie Jones, I'm sure you're aware. She, the poor thing was trending all day on Twitter mm-hmm. yesterday. Her website was hacked. Personal documents and lewd and lewd and nude photos were released yesterday. And um, they believe that hackers were actually fans of, how do I say, a Milo Yapopolis or... Um, Isn't it Milo? Milo. Milo, yes. Um, If you remember several months ago, Leslie Jones got into a Twitter feud with Milo, um, who basically called her out and and made some racial remarks. He was then deleted. He had his account completely shut down from Twitter. Now they're saying they believe it was one of his 300,000 fans that hacked into her iCloud account and published um, copies of her driver's license passport, um, as well as compared her to Harambe, the gorilla that was killed at the Cincinnati Zoo. All the racist shit. That Tons was, uh, of racist stuff. Um, also included personal selfies of Jones on various vacations with celebrities, including Rihanna, Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, and then one of her topless. So, I mean, oh my God, that poor woman. She must feel so... I can't even believe... I mean, are you shocked that, that someone went out of their way like that? Or do you um, think no. that's like the new, that's what we've come to? I think that there's people out there that have extraordinary skills and talents, but they're getting screwed over. And because of they have some sort of, you know, look, I guarantee this person that hacked into that would probably be working for the FBI or something like that if he could pass a drug test. He probably smoked some weed, did something like that. You know, there's so many people out there. Like, I have a friend of mine that's a genius at computers, right? But he smokes weed, so he can't get any, like, security clearances. So he's like what, a, bored all day? He's bored all day, and like I guarantee he's the kind of guy that could easily hack into someone's system, steal their photos, post them all over the place. And it's just because he's bored. I guarantee this guy is bored. He probably listens to the show, believes in you know what Milo was saying, and is like, sweet, I can do this, and I can, and I can execute it. Well, then I keep wondering if we should have he's Milo. He's a Milo whack, I guess. You know, like you're, he'd be his equivalent of a phrasiac. Milo... Yiannopoulos? Is that how I say it? I think it's Yiannopoulos. We're actually on the same network, Podcast One. He also has a podcast that's distributed by Podcast One, so I'll be curious to see. Follow him on Twitter. Oh, you can't. <laughs> Poor Leslie Jones. Here's my question, though. Do you go look at the nude photos? That's uh, that's the no. one. No. Did you look at... Did you? I bet you did. You. <laughs> oh, my fucking... You are the pro... Well, Sarah, you can't. Why would you do that? Why would you look? The second I saw they were there, I read the news story, and I didn't look anything else. Why did they tweet out the links? People, They don't tweet out. They do. They do. That is exactly how it happened yesterday. I said to myself when I read this story, I had great empathy for her because I see myself. This is my future, I'm sure. I'll be compared to a horse, and I'm sure there'll be, you know, pictures of me with penises all in my mouth or whatever. And those will be released. And, you know... So I'm like, okay, I see Wait, myself. Did this picture in this already happen? Are you talking about this hypothetically speaking? 
Uh, you're going to have to hack my phone. Okay. So anyway, I could see myself in her, and I, I had great empathy yesterday for her. I really, and I'm taking this very, very seriously. The problem is you get on Twitter and you start reading people's comments about this, which were all incredibly supportive. But of course, there's one that's got like 500 retweets, which is click here for the nude pictures. And much like a moth to a flame, I can't. Sarah, I, I, I saw I that know, link I and I didn't click. I read the news story. It was like, wow, that's horrible. Found any, like, <sighs> but why did you have to see her topless? I know. Is it really bad? Because here's the thing. You just like, you were just like, if anything, like that's almost as bad as what the hackers did because you're just kind of feeding into it. Is it really bad now to look? I think it's horrible to look. Yeah. Because it's not like they, that's like, so someone committed a crime, right? So someone goes out there, robs a bank, right? And then all of a sudden they throw this money in the middle of the street. You're like, if you take the money, Sarah, that's you know that's, that's other people's money. You know they stole it from somebody. If oh you take God. it, maybe a bank wasn't a good issue because people would rob the bank. I wouldn't give a shit about that. But like if they stole money from you and all of a sudden they go on the street and they start throwing it away. If I take that money, yeah, I'm not the one that robbed you, but I'm still taking from it. You know, I'm adding to your pain. <sighs> when that story could have just been a non-story, if you think about it, it could have just been hey that was released, they were hacked. No one gave a fuck. No one talked about it. They shut it down. They took care of it. And now those people are being punished. All right. Instead, now it's a national news story. And once people find out about the nude pictures, they come on, click on the nude pictures. That goes up in search ratings. People can find them easier. You know. All right. Hear me out. I feel really bad about this. But my thought was this. We have a serious issue with people taking advantage of and now exploiting all of our personal info. That's what it's coming to, right? Yeah. It's basically coming to, at any given moment, whatever you do, whatever you say, whenever you speak up, whether you're a woman or you're a gay man or you're black or you're Asian or whatever, people are going to target you and then they're going to exploit everything personal about you. In a lot of ways, I don't have any problem with nudity and I have a nude picture. We, were, we got nude on this show because we had um, naked girls reading. And in a lot of ways, in my opinion, I believe taking control of getting naked, whatever, owning your body kind of just takes away from all the mystery and all that. So I could care less. that's what you believe in. Right. That's what I believe in. And so when it was like, click here for the nude photos, I'm like, well, it's just another nude body. Like... I mean, re- the violation is the privacy. I think you just answered violation your own question. It's just another nude body. So what does it matter but if you've so seen why that one? Does it matter if I look? But if you've seen if you've seen one, you've seen a million. Like you've seen uh, them all. So you having to click on it? That's because you wanted to see her specific nude body. You didn't want to see a nude body. But you know? you know me, I'm infatuated with celebrities and celebrity sex tapes. I'm so bummed none of them come out anymore. I mean, I would put one out, absolutely. I can't get anyone that wants to have sex with me on camera. <laughs> I know, you had your chance with Constantine Maroulis. And, <laughs> and you shut that and down. And I shut that one down. Sorry, I C-blocked you so hard back All right. then. I know I'm going to get so much hate. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at HeyFresh.com. Tell me why I'm wrong. And I, look, I'm sure I am wrong. I want to stand up for her on the part. I do believe she's being targeted. One, she's a woman. And two, she's a black woman. And so I think they're trying to shut that voice down, which I completely am against. And I want to do everything I can to support her in that way. How do you do that? And I guess is looking at the new photos hurting that? I say I don't have a problem with nudity. Well, then if you don't, then what you should do is, okay, Sarah, no, I don't want to. Yes. Look at this. How am, I sp- how am I supposed to finish the show, Sarah, if I have to keep my eyes closed for the rest and of I'm it? And I'm not waxed in a good two months. Eee, Three I months, actually. Oh. 
I don't care. Hack in! There's one topless photo of me. Go for it. I think I just popped a blood vessel in my eye by looking at that. Is it red? Oh, please. Is it red? Are you looking forward to the day that my nips are out there? Then why don't you do it? No, you should do, Sarah. You should take a nude photo of yourself. Post it on your website tag. This is for Leslie Jones. You know, it's important. Like, that way, hey, don't feel bad they showed your breasts. I'll show mine, too. Okay. I know this. I can put a nude photo on. I was kidding. I was (laughs) kidding, Sarah. Please do not. Well, the only thing, I I can't put nudes on Instagram. They shut down your account. Snapchat allows nudity, right? Twitter allows nudity. Facebook, though, they won't. They'll same thing, right? If you post a nude photo, they'll they'll close your account. So I can't do that. So I guess if I just released it on HeyFrage.com, but didn't social media it out, then it lives. Then it's fine. Then all of a sudden, you become a porn site, which is fantastic for our numbers. <laughs> I'll be like listening to the podcast and nude photo and nude photo. Um. All right. A couple other stories I want to get to before we get into our segment. So this story, you know, what will segue from Leslie Jones right into this. Should you wear your engagement ring on a job interview? Mm. Okay, so I'm curious about this because I don't understand why you wouldn't. All right, so a guy who's a recruiter who was on LinkedIn, who who apparently has, like, more friends on LinkedIn than anyone else. I didn't even realize there was a friend limit on LinkedIn. Bruce Hurwitz is his name. He can no longer accept any friends on LinkedIn because he's so popular. The recruiter put out an article a couple of days ago that's now gotten a ton of backlash uh, has now gone viral and was initially picked up by the website Refinery29. Hurwitz advises women to ditch their engagement rings for job interviews, and he says that at least eight women that he's counseled ditched their rings for job interviews and then got the job. Here's his reasoning, okay? Mm-hmm. Even though I had not been introduced uh, to her, despite the fact that at that moment, um, he was like, I was interviewing five women wearing their engagement rings. I thought to myself, lose the rock. Everyone looked at me like I was crazy after the interview, but I said, here's the thing. When a woman comes in to a job interview with an engagement ring, automatically your management begins to think that you're high maintenance. You're going to be planning a wedding, so therefore that's going to be time away. Your thoughts aren't going to be at the workplace. Also, if you have a giant wedding ring, okay, it immediately says that other coworkers aren't going to like you. They're going to be jealous of you. They're not going to want to work with you, and you're probably not going to be all that motivated to work anyway because your husband... And he says husband, he doesn't even talk about, like, a wife or significant mm-hmm. other. So this is just assuming you're straight. Assuming. Already has money as well. You're not going to be all that invested. This is his reasoning, okay? He says, to ditch the bands, they look too expensive and will thus immediately disgust all of the other women in the office. Or that, based on one piece of jewelry, your bosses will assume that you're going to be prone to hormonal rages that will make your coworker a coworker from hell. These are his quotes. Okay. Hurwitz got so much backlash, he went on to write a second article, doubled down on his argument, and said that it goes for men too. He says that men should not wear a fifty thousand dollar Rolex watch because they make interviewers think, quote, we could never afford this guy. The hypocrisy. So you should walk in with a swatch? <laughs> you, or is that too expensive? He's saying walk in with one of those gold Casio watches. As Jizabel.com points out, it's pretty revealing that to Hurwitz, a woman wearing a deeply personal piece of jewelry says she's, quote, too high maintenance, whereas a guy with some random piece of expensive jewelry is signaling simply that he's rich. In an email response to Time, Hurwitz insisted that his advice is for the, quote, real world, a.k.a. the sexist world that we do, in fact, live in. I honestly don't understand what the fuss is all about, he says. Amazingly, he continued to capitalize on the attention by publishing a third article called How to Write a Viral Article on LinkedIn. (laughs) Yeah, how do you do that? But here's my... Make broad statements about a certain gender. 
Well, I think the scariest part is, do you think that hiring... This guy is a recruiter. So the scariest part is, and of course, I don't believe for one second you should stop wearing your engagement ring. And if you or your significant other buys you a $60,000 ring, I'm jealous. I want to work with you. And then I want to know if he's got any friends or she's got any friends. I'm open to anything at this point. I want that $60,000 ring. I would work closer with that person. But wait, why? But how? How does that make any sense, Sarah? How does what make it like sense? your theory it? behind it? Yeah, I'm confused. Like you're saying that if you wore the ring to the thing, people would want to work closer with you. Well, here, that's my theory. I think you should rock what you have. If if you or your significant other can afford a sixty thousand dollar engagement ring, good for you. I would work with you. But why would but why would people work with you? That's I'm confused. Like, what world do you live in that someone see like that someone sees someone that has something great and goes, ooh. I want to be. I want to sit there and actually be positive and be cool with them. No, people don't act that way, Sarah. They walk so by. You, they go. You think he fuck does that have a bitch. point? Yeah, fuck that bitch. Now that I'm reading it this way, I mean, it's horribly just saying because I think it could go for men or women. Like, if people uh, think you have money or you have a lot, they're going to treat you like shit, basically, in the workplace, or they're going to not want to work with you. You agree with that statement? I think there's people like that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely have dealt with people like that before. See, I, I remember so dealing at, at our old station, like at old stations we've worked at. I would deal with people that that maybe you know didn't have as much. You know, maybe they worked like a like a overnight job or some shit like that, and they get really shitty with us when we talk about. Oh, we're gonna go to this. Like, well, I can't afford to do that. They weren't like they weren't trying to be nice to us and come and hang out because hoping that hey, if we're going somewhere good, they're gonna go somewhere good. They got shitty about it. Well, I definitely agree. I mean. That's the part that I don't want to agree with, though, of this article, which is he's basically saying that wake up, people do judge you, and they judge that engagement ring, and that if anything, if you are going to wear a ring at all, you better wear one that's real modest. Okay, I was gonna, okay. I thought he was going to say. Well, like, he says don't wear one at all. But then, but then if you're the going to wear one that's modest, and I understand because initially I thought he was going to say just get rid of the ring because they because you want them to think that you're single or some shit like that. And I was like, no one cares about that anymore. You know, you don't. But think if it's do? about the money thing, yeah, it's about yeah the people money. absolutely would believe that. Yeah, really, I believe so. Yeah, I would love to know what people think about this article. Uh, people, I'll tell you what, were already furious that I posted it online. They were like, "This is so ridiculous. Why are you keeping this going? Why are you tweeting it?" That was what I got this morning on my Hey Fresh Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I just wondered. I'm like, God, I wonder if hiring managers really do take that into consideration. But I don't the ring think they size do. And the rings. I think that you know they may look at how you like if you come in and you're, you know, really fancy like a really expensive purse or really expensive this or a really expensive suit and a really like, yeah, they're gonna think differently of you. Don't you feel like it's more about knowing your audience always? Like, yeah. Here's the thing: if you're going to work for Goldman Sachs, right? Goldman Sachs probably wants you to roll in there with a Rolex, yeah. with a huge diamond ring, because wealth attracts wealth, mm-hmm. and we want your wealthy friends, right? Yeah. But if you've got a $60,000 ring, and then you're going to be the HR director for you know the Department of Defense, where everyone's cap is like 145000 and you've got a $60,000 ring, yeah, people are probably going to be pretty judgy. Like, no one's wearing a chef coat to go work at Taco Bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's way more of an outfit than you need for that so job. So know your audience. Yeah. I just think it's sad. And look, Elle magazine goes on to take it on, and they just say, you know, what's is pathetic is that the women before us stood up against these things, that we should have no discrimination, and then this guy is perpetuating it, and sadly women are writing him back and saying, hey, yeah, this worked for me. Um, 
And Elle magazine goes on to say that these executives that are judging you are the same ones who think it's okay to limit a woman's career perspectives because she's, quote, too fat, too pregnant, or too attractive, or into wearing flats. And I think that's the slippery slope. I think it's scary. I think you've got to rock what you've got. Mm. And you've got to keep fighting for it. Oh, anyway, I could go on and on. Um, So women are naming their vaginas after the last movie they saw. I saw that yesterday. And someone, because I look at my thing and someone goes, ew, my vagina's name is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the scepter of time. (laughs) First of all, these are so fake. Margaret Cho tweeted out, uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Fantastic. That was Name Your Vagina by using the name of the last movie you watched. Um, Other people wrote Queen of the Desert. Um, Also, people wrote Sausage Party. Uh, The Man from Uncle, is that it? U-N-C-L-E? Is that a movie? The Man from Uncle, I guess. I've never heard of that one. Um, But I'm trying to think. The Little Prince was also one. These were just some some of the Oh, that's a great movie. Did you see that on Netflix yet? No. (gasps) What's it about? The Little Prince, yeah. like it's the book, The Little Prince. They reenacted it, but they did it about like someone, like about a student who's reading The Little Prince and the story that goes along with it. So it's like a different perspective on it. It's not just the story itself. I'm trying to think of what movie. I've been watching this movie with, with Wesley Snipes that was like on Bravo. I think it's like Murder. Blade? So your <laughs> vagina would be called Blade 3? <laughs> Yes. Trinity, Blade I, Trinity. Blade, yes, I think my vagina would be called Blade, Blade Trinity. Trinity or White Men Can't Jump. Which Wesley Snipes <laughs> movie was it, Sarah? Hold on. You know what it made me wonder? Is Wesley Snipes still in jail? I don't know. Me is neither. He? I couldn't figure that out. I was I got sucked in. I think the movie was called Murder at sixteen hundred or something. Murder at sixteen hundred. Wow. I wonder what time of the month it is for you. God, Sarah. Blade Trinity. Oh, I haven't even heard of that one. Was it Demolition Man? No, it wasn't. Passenger 57. No, New Jack that. City? No, it was Murder. Was it U.S. Marshals? Murder about, at 1600, 1997 it movie. It was on, like, Bravo the other oh. night. Oh, Murder at 1600, okay. So it wasn't Tu Wong Fu? <laughs> Oh my god, I would love for my mom to be named oh Tu Wong Fu. Tu Wong Fu, that's such a. Oh Tu Wong Fu, thank you for everything. Yeah, Julia, so. whatever. Oh my god, that would be the best one. <laughs> Is Wesley Snipes still in jail? <laughs> that's what I need. Oh I god. Oh my god. Well, it's right. a good thing I don't have a vagina then. You need to follow us on social media. At HeyFrage is on Twitter and Instagram. And please give us your feedback. Let us know. You can tweet anything about today's show. Or follow us on Snapchat, HeyFrage Show, H-E-Y-F-R-A-S-E. Also, Sammy's on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter under the Sammy K S A M Y K. Don't make the mistake his stepmother did and put two M's in there. Because I'll get pissed at you. Okay, here, can I bring up one little quick rant there? All right, I don't understand how you can correctly tag me in something, all right? So you're writing at the S-A-M-Y-K, right? So you'll tag me correctly because that's how I see it, you know? If I'm not tagged in it, I can't see it, okay? Okay. And then they'll immediately be like, oh, my God, Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y. And I don't understand how you can spell my name correctly not more than two and a half seconds before you just spelled it incorrectly. <laughs> and it happens to me on a daily basis. And I'm just mind, like I'm mind boggled by it at this point. I go, wait, you wrote it right once. Why? Maybe people think that like the, the S-A-M-M-Y-K was already taken. 
But I, I get it. I don't know how people. So what? So like, like oh well, clear, let's just he doesn't know how to spell his own name, so let's spell it correctly for him. <laughs> Well, hey, it's all these years. It's, I've spelled mine Sarah with an H, and people write me all the time without the H. Yeah, but I mean, I it's care. like, hey, phrase. You know what I mean? No one's tagging at Sarah. Like, you're not Sarah on air or anything like that. You know what I mean? True. So, like, it's, I don't know. Like, you, you know. How do you get it? Well, don't get it it's wrong. Hey, phrase. Like, this is my name, Sammy. Um, Sammy, how do you, what do you think? We're going to get into our third part of our interview here mm-hmm. with Jason Hudson Bueller. Yeah. Who's going to be speaking about um, growing up with his dad as his primary custodian since the age of eight years of nine years old, I believe. But yesterday, um, you know, we've been asking people, what should we call this new series? Because we're going to take topics that are controversial. And I'm actually thinking about the engagement one as being one of the next ones that we should do, because I'm, I'm fascinated to know if this guy has a point, which I think is disgusting. But I wonder if he does have a point or if maybe we shouldn't do that as a series. But what we're doing is we're going to take a more in-depth look at some topics that really make you think. And we needed a title for this segment. So Dan comes to me yesterday and he goes, I think I've got one that you could use. So as I'm sure we've all known the... uh, Wait, can I guess? What? Was it Blade Trinity? Is that what he wanted to call it? (laughs) No. No? He wants to call it Three Sides, One Story. Three Sides, (laughs) One Story. Yes. What do you think? It's, it's an ode to two girls. I, I know what it's an ode to, Sarah. I know exactly. That's why I'm kind of just... But I feel like, you know what? If we pretend in all seriousness that... I mean, if it's three it's sides, news, one story... It's three sides, one story. It's not like you're doing three scoops, one story. Like, <laughs> it's three sides, one story. Yeah. What do you think? You want to think about it for the weekend? Oh, God. Yeah, I got to think about that one for the weekend. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Because I'm like, you know, if we present this seriously enough... No one's ever going to think anything of it except for three sides, one story. And I think it kind of embodies who we are. Sarah, you're, you're talking about us here. We're going to make jokes about it. There's no way we're not going to make a joke about it. I actually it really was, like it. I thought three sides, one story is really yeah, it's good. It's a great name, but we're going to make some joke about it. I know we are. And we're going to say, but it's like, it's like, with the kind pe- of who we are. It's like the penis method, Sarah. Okay. That was a genius idea. But the fact is, we giggled. See, you're already you're gonna cause yourself to sweat, Sarah. You're not doing it right. No, this, this doesn't even cause me to sweat. No, but you will though. You gotta do it like it's like this. It's like open your hands, close your hands. Open your hands, close your hands. There you go. So that's the oh, penis dab. Word. Personal exercise not involving sweating. See, but because we make so many jokes about it, people can't take it seriously. I think it's too joking. Three girls, one story. Oh, was it three sides, one story? <laughs> it's three sides. Three sides, one, one story. story. Yeah. Email us if you think. I kind of like it. Email Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at HeyFrage.com. Uh, Jason Hatson Bueller is going to be talking right now about his experience. His dad, his parents divorced when he was eight years old. His dad got primary custody. And so how was it like? Did Does he think overall that being raised primarily by his dad was a good thing or has it caused a lot of issues in his life? So he's on now. Jason, I'm so excited that you're here on the podcast. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Jason Hudson Bueller. Yes, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> wow, Sarah. See, look, I knew this news. I knew this news segment was going to be good for this show. You're already pronouncing names correctly. Well, One week in, Sarah. Here, One week in, and you're already pronouncing names correctly. This is this is mind blowing. Hudson Bueller. Yeah. I'm going to say that. Keep saying that. Um, look, we wanted to have you on this podcast because, as you know, we've been doing this ongoing discussion of dads who get primary custody of their kids, and you were primarily raised by your father. Yeah, correct? that's correct. Yes, he was. Uh, he was the main custodial parent in our in our family. Um, it was my three sisters and I, and my father was the main 
was the main parent uh, raising us with the, you know the, my mother was sort of absent you know so they kind of that was the deal he would you know take us to school and work and things like that so what happened because your parents did get divorced right when you were right. when very I was young. around nine years old yeah and then how did your dad end up getting primary custody did your mom want you guys did she was there in a court battle about this how'd that happen um, I think it was more they gave us a choice actually they they kind of like um, had us had us together all of us kids you know and mm-hmm. said hey would you think it would be better if you know if you guys would want to live with your father or your mother and I don't think my mother actually, you know, put up that much of a fight um, because she was going through a lot of things, you know, uh, on her own, yeah. you know, personally dealing with the with the uh, the divorce. So they kind of just got us together and said, hey, what would you guys think? And so I think that's the way they went about wow. uh, deciding the custody. So I think we all just wanted to live with my father for the most part. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because like when I, I'm, cause my parents are divorced as well, right? And when I was growing up, I'd always ask, well, how come I'm with my mom, not my dad? And my dad's like, that's just how it is, son. Kids go with their mothers. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay. And it's, and I mean, when I, did, I meet other divorced kids, they were with their mother as well. You know, how did you feel when you were out there meeting other divorced and realized like, oh, wow, I am kind of almost an oddity, which isn't really an oddity in any way. But yet, you know, you were living with your father as opposed to living with the mother, you know? Well, I kind of felt lucky. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know many other children in my, my peer my peer network as a young kid uh, that actually went through divorce either. So, I mean, um, I felt very fortunate to live with my father and for me, it was a good thing. I didn't, I was, as, like I said, I was a young child. I didn't really know any type of, uh, after effects or even pretty much how the divorce was even going to affect our lives. So sure. I felt pretty, you know, I felt pretty, um, fortunate to have so father. how often would you see your mom after this decision was made and you guys, and did you move in full time with your dad? You all? Yes, we all moved in uh, full time with my father. Um, we saw my mother, I think every other weekend. Okay. Um, and then mostly in the summers, uh-huh. we would spend a couple months with the mother. Yeah. So when you and I were, were talking about this interview beforehand, you did say that you feel as though there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, you know, just lingering issues from sure. your childhood and sure. from dealing with it. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think um, I think it's very male, or not male, but uh, gender-specific, uh, the, the effects it has. I mean, uh, I think... Uh, I think overall, you know, a, fa- a father needs to be the, you know, the stable, I guess, stable one in the family, uh, as I guess in, in um, implementing the foundations, the, uh, I guess, when you know, the code of ethics, core values, I guess, one yeah. would okay. say. So, I mean, um, for me personally, you know, being detached from a mother figure, and it kind of affected the way, I mean, Kind of affected the way that a way that I had um, interacted with other people mm-hmm. as an adult. You know, I didn't necessarily see any see or notice any of this kind of thing when I was like, going through adolescent or going through you know teenage years. It was only through like self reflection and uh, working with a therapist that I actually analyzed my past and was able to you know you know make those connections. Like whoa, these these. Uh, these things have come about as a, as a male for me, I guess, um, in the way that I dated women. I always thought I was attracted to, you know, older women or I guess one would say, you know, MILFs or, you know, hot moms or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, you know, drew that 
correlation, you know, with me needing that type of, uh, I don't know, nourishment. Mothering that figure, mothering yeah. Figure, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't on the forefront, so I didn't think, hey, this is this is why I'm doing that. You know, it was only through revelation, I think, that that's oh, no, just one I, of the instances, I guess. But, I've uh, been there. <laughs> I mean, well, I, for different reasons. I mean, my I lost Wait, my dad. you've been there? What you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went through <laughs> a milk phase, too. <laughs> wow, Sarah. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> this, is, this is supposed to be his interview, Sarah, not your revealing interview. <laughs> I just... I get how psycho- things that happen in your childhood show up later. Sure. For example, my father passed away when I was in high school. For a while, I was very attracted to older men. You do, you feel that, and you don't even know why you're doing it. Right. And- Tell us a little bit about, okay, overall, in, in these years that have passed, I'm assuming, are you still in contact with your mom? I am, yes, very much so. I've had a chance to uh, reestablish that relationship as an adult um, when I came back from the military. So it's something I was very fortunate to have, and... It's still a work in progress, but um, it's you know it's it's pertinent to um, to my life as my life as an adult, and uh, I think it helps me interact with you know other other people, other females a lot better than than before. I would say. Overall, do you think it was the right decision? Like when you and your sister sit down and talk, living with your dad as the primary custodian. I think it was the right decision only uh, only because. Um, my family consisted mostly of females, so uh, I had three sisters, and I was the only boy. Um, I think it may have impacted my sisters a lot more if I really? was if I was um, or not if I, but if they had lived with a mother and without a father figure. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I mean, I can't you know only. I can't really tell um, from like a psychological standpoint or oh, well, anything we're like all that. Crazy. Yeah, right, I mean. right, we're all crazy. <laughs> but I mean, I think it benefited them more to live with my father. Really? And, Do they um, feel that way? I don't know. I never really had that conversation. Because really? wow, in my head, I'm thinking, oh my god, how uncomfortable my teen years were living with my single mother and her trying to give me the sex talk. Like, <laughs> I just prayed for the times I'd be with my dad for the weekend. I was like, oh my god, please tell me what a vast deference is. Like, I'm so tired of my mom trying to show me diagrams and tell me what sex is. Like, I feel like you would have lucked out on that one, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, I, I found it, you know, fortunate for myself as well. But I mean. Me being always looking out for the other person, I kind of, like, am glad that that was the choice made. So maybe they, you know, they benefited more. I'm more of a person that could bounce back a lot easier, I think, than my sister. So maybe I, you know, did some learning along the way, but... uh, I think uh, I think I'm fine. That's amazing. I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you so much for being here. And we just wanted to shed light on um, on the idea of dads being the primary custodian because it's happening more and more, although it's still very rare. And um, I think you're a great example of you know when a dad really does a great job and sure, that it, it does work out. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, <laughs> thank, thank you, you so much for being yeah. here. Thanks, guys. Thanks.